This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford of redandblueharmy.co.uk and we are here to preview our do or die, well do or die for them at least, fixture against Stoke City. The band is still together as I'm joined by Albert Curley and San Heskiff once more, ably produced by the one and only Billiam. Up for discussion this week is the goal and player of the season, potentially losing some players in the summer and the Homesdale Radio Beer Festival Session. We'll be joined by David from the Wizards of Dribble podcast, who literally might be on the verge of a mental breakdown, and he'll be talking us through Stokes' dilemmas before we get into discussing false nines, predictions, Vanessa's moan, and Sam's mum. Before all of that, remember to head over to hrlradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Okay, firstly, so we'll apologise for not being on last week. Um, <laughs> I went to see the streets. Uh, Billiam, you're being kicked out of your house because you're behind on rent payments. Was that right? I think so. <laughs> and Heskiff, where were you? I was here, mate. Oh, you were ready. I was ready. I was sitting on my... No one told me we weren't recording, so I sat on my own for about three hours. <laughs> Albert, Billy, I was I was ready, but I just Billiam's excuse for not being on there actually sounds like a lyrics from a street song. it does very good um right we're going to start talking with goal of the season sam who has uh patrick van arnholt paid to get his goal on that shortlist well i gotta say that goal when he actually scored it thankfully it wasn't just me me and my mate phil who i stand with both of us thought he'd missed so we started (laughs) celebrating the goal by going oh you and then realizing it had gone in um, so I don't think it should even be on there because I don't think it was an actually a goal. It's not even his best goal of the season. His right. best goal of the season was against Chelsea with the reverse pass from Wilfred Zaha. So I don't understand. But Zaha obviously features very heavily on that list. Um, Brighton, the header. His goal against Leicester, the team goal. And he's won against Bournemouth. Albert, are you allowing a deflected goal to be in the running for goal of the season? I think I, I 
very vocally said on this show that it wasn't a deflection. So I, <laughs> I can't, I can't turn around and, and agree with that. But the, be- the better goal is Saturday's, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, he's unlucky not to have four on the list because I think his goal at Leicester should also be on there because that was an excellent goal the way Ben Teke brought the ball away from the halfway line. Zaha left his man and so on. It was um, an excellent goal. And obviously, Luka Milivojevic is on there with a couple against Bournemouth and Southampton, both efforts from outside the area. Heskiff, oh, well, I suppose Sacco is on there against Leicester and Brighton as well. Sacco's one against Leicester and Brighton are both lovely goals, but I just can't see him getting it. Do you, do you, can you see Sacco getting it? No, I, I reckon, well, my vote's gone for the Leicester, Wolf's goal at, Leicester, at home to Leicester. Uh, mm. I mean, it's, it's never a team goal that wins it, is it? Usually, it's like a screamer from forty yards, or whatever. But um, yeah, the, the goal against Leicester was was great. It's nice to see us actually put some passes together, let alone create mm. a chance of a back heel and, and smash it in. So um, yeah, unfortunately for Sacco, both Sacco's goals were great. Um, but yeah, I think Wilfs against Leicester gets it for me. Yeah, Albert. Are you uh, with me in thinking that if you squint whilst you watch that goal, it's kind of like you're watching Barcelona, mate? Just with your eyes open, it looks like you're watching <laughs> Barcelona. Why hide it? Yeah, it's fan- I mean, that that and the you know, and the, the second goal as well, they're almost carbon copies of each other. It's just to see two of them in quick succession, what a treat for the eyes! It was, um, it was quite funny listening back to the review show. None of them really knew how to describe such a good goal, they did, don't have it in their locker because they never have to talk about it. New territory for everybody. Exactly right. Um, the shortlist has also gone out for player of the season, although this season you can vote for anyone who's played five games or more. So um, I think the only person who misses out there is Jordan Much. <laughs> it would have been a good laugh to actually just everyone just flood it with votes for him. But um, I think it's obviously between Zaha, Milivojevic, Tompkins and MacArthur. Uh, Heskiff, who's your pick? Yeah, I agree, I agree that it's it's out of those guys. Um my pick just about is Wilf. Uh, I think the other two or the other three can feel very hard done by. I think they've all had really good seasons, but Wilf just turns games and he's he scored some really important goals and sort of dragged us up a bit. Even in games where he's not been amazing, he still had the old bit of magic. So, um, yeah, Wilf just about uh, nudges my vote there. And Mr. Curley? I know it's dull and I know it's boring, but it's it's Wilf. You know, without Wilf, we'd be in so much trouble. You know, his goals, just his general inspiration for the team, he's just huge. And I know probably without Luca, we certainly we certainly be a few points worse off as well. But and you know, but they've all all those all those four that you've mentioned mm. have had sterling seasons. But yeah, just just look how important Wilf is. Even the press agree so. Yeah, I'm afraid, guys, listeners, and there's not much variation here. Um, we've got a Zaha hat-trick. Uh, I, I can't see it past him. His goals have basically kept us up. I know that's silly saying it because Milivojevic has scored a few as well, but they've you know, mainly been penalties. Zaha just, without him, we lose. And that's, <laughs> that's actually a statistical fact this season. We never win when he's not on the field. So there we go. Um, but talking of like the list of players that we have... Um, Rather worryingly in the press conference today, Roy Hodgson said um, we're going to be losing some very important players at the end of the season. And in typical press conference fashion, the interviewer was awful and never followed up on it. Heskiff, who do you think he's talking about? Tringy. Who? Tringy. Tringy? <laughs> he's trying to persuade, he brought him on against Leicester to try and persuade him to stay because he's an important part of the team. 
Um, but I think it's too little, too late, Roy. I think Chungi's he's off. Um, <laughs> one one last screamer against Stoke on the weekend. That's that's basically all he's ever done for us, isn't it? Really. So I'll take it if he wants to repeat it. Yeah, he'd done just as much for Burnley when he slotted uh, his wood for on goal. <laughs> yeah, so but I mean, who do you think he's talking now? But I mean, Kabaya's supposed to be out of contract. Um, do you think he's one of the ones on the list? I guess so. I mean, word has it that another podcast has spoken to James MacArthur, and he's not going anywhere by the sounds of it. So we can very, you know, happily cross him off that list. But I guess it's yeah, Kabaya's the obvious one. Um, which would be a shame, uh, and you know, unless there's some mystery bids on the table that we're considering all, already, I, I can't think who else it would be. To be honest, is Ward out of contract? Um, I don't know because it's hard to tell now. <laughs> Obviously, with the uh, MacArthur announcing that he's still got two years left on his deal, when everybody thought he was out of contract this year, shows that the club really aren't announcing him anymore, and they are keeping their leaks pretty much to a minimum these days. So Ward could have new contracts; he could not have a new contract. So I guess only time will tell. But I think that's far less of an issue <laughs> now than it was a few months ago. Suarez, Suarez deal must be coming towards an end mm, potentially I mean he's um, I mean the club would be really out of order to <laughs> let him go after the mess they got him in with a tax man so uh, may, maybe just as a nicety to help him out if he's palavered I'll give him another year or whatever but I've got it it's Damien Delaney isn't it <laughs> Damien Delaney Damien Delaney um, I think Jordan Much has still got another year how unbelievable is that uh... <laughs> but I doubt we'll be seeing him. And one of the good things, though, is that Roy did say he has no plans to leave in the summer. <laughs> so, Heskiff, are you excited at the prospect of having a genuine pre-season? Yeah. I mean, I, I trust him more than, than Allardyce when he said, you know, I'm leaving for retirement and then didn't. So I think if Roy says I'm not leaving, then we can trust he's actually not going to leave. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to get a proper pre-season. Um, we, again, we didn't have one this year with De Boer. Um, it was just a bit of a shambles and it, you know, it shows straight away, doesn't it? Even, you know, adding to the fact that we didn't really buy anyone, only playing three or four friendlies, wherever it was, there's no way to start. And I think Roy um, will, will demand better of the club and I'm, I'm sure he'll get it and, and hopefully we'll reap the benefits of that. Yeah, well, after not really spending that much money in January and we was already concerned about it, um it's now actually going to favour us in the sense that we kind of have a transfer window's worth of money left to spend over because what was it nine million or whatever it was on Surlock we we should have a few extra pennies especially losing a contract the size of Kabayas as well we'll we'll have a few extra pennies knocking around so it'd be nice to see him actually get some backing in the summer and to put together a team that can you know really really challenge for the Premier League title based on our form recently. <laughs> um, Beer festival. Rumour has it there might be a little secret whole radio recording going on at the beer festival. Would you be present at that, Albert? Yeah, I think so. Are you at the royal wedding? No, do you know know what? The invite came through and it was like, that's really nice, but it's the beer festival that day. And as Terence has already mentioned, you know, secret whole radio recording, you know, I might, I might, might pop in for a drink at the end. Has Megan been in any of your films? 
Uh, <laughs> like the, what is that smile on your face for? <laughs> just because the way you said it suggests that I make weird CD films. <laughs> and I don't. Not not of celebrities. Um, I, do you know what? I, don't, I actually don't know who she is. I've, I've, I've seen her in the papers, obviously, but I couldn't tell you I was aware of any of her work, and I'm sure she says the same about me. Oh she must be aware of your work coming yeah, that's out. True. Yeah, that's true, actually. I'm doing myself a disservice there. <laughs> Blockbusters all over the place. What? Mate. Come on. Your CV's like a who's who of, what do you call yourself, gaffers? Are you a gaffer? I'm the, I'm the gaffer. No, I'm not a gaffer. That's an electrician. Art director. Psh, what? Art director. Um, so, and Heskiff, you'll be at the beer festival, won't you? I definitely will. I definitely will, mate. Brilliant. So that's on Saturday 19th of May. Obviously, FA Cup final will be shown as well. And the Royal Wedding. Uh, apparently, there's some football going on on the field as well. I think that's playing with legends or stuff. So I think you'll be able to see Andy Johnson, Sasser Churchish and a few other people down there. So £12 in advance for your tickets. Get on board and get down to the beer festival. Apparently, it is on course ticket sales to be the most successful beer festival yet. So um, hopefully we'll be celebrating staying up on that day. Right. Next up, we're going to be talking to... Stoke City podcast, The Wizards of Drivel. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, we're now joined by David from the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Um, not coming on in great circumstances. It was slightly better when we had you last season, mate. Um, ha- how's the general feeling in the camp? Um, we're kind of wanting to be put out of our misery, I think, to be honest. Uh, we've kind of been strung along for the past few games, picking up uh, <laughs> points we perhaps didn't expect to, but um, there's still there's still an inkling of optimism among some fans, but it's, it's looking very, very bleak for us at the moment. And uh, we'll probably find out one way or the other this weekend whether we're still in with a small chance or going down. Yeah, it was funny. I was listening to your podcast today, and it was um, <laughs> it was it was very amusing. You guys just saying like, "I just wish it would be all over," <laughs> and at the same time, kind of thinking, "But we still have a chance." It's 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 the hope that kills you, isn't it? Um, exactly. Did you think that at the start of the season you'd be anywhere near this close to relegation? I thought there was a chance. Uh, it was hard to judge, really, because we'd signed a lot of new players, players that we. Didn't really know what to expect from. Um, and Marco Anatovic leaving was obviously a huge blow. Uh, but like there was a lot of apathy towards Mark Hughes and his team at the start of the season. And we'd we said for ages that we needed a good start to the season to get ourselves up and running, to kind of separate ourselves from the teams who we expected to be down there, like Brighton and Huddersfield who'd just come up. But uh, we beat Arsenal in our first home game of the season. Hesse uh, scored his one and only Stoke goal. And that was it proved to be a, a massive false dawn, really, because uh, we just completely ran out of ideas. Under Hughes, we couldn't defend, uh, couldn't score. Under Lambert, we can now defend a bit, but still can't score. So, yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty miserable season. And... I don't think many of us right now are wholly surprised to be where we are. So in terms of Mark Hughes, do you think that he was given a little bit too long? Do you think he should have gone over the summer? Yeah, yeah, definitely way, way too long. Uh, 
I mean, Peter Coates is a very loyal chairman and that's to be applauded, but the, the writing was on the wall for some time. If not in the summer, then a lot earlier in the season than he did eventually end up leaving because it took a third round FA Cup defeat to Coventry City to finally prompt the board into making a decision. But it it he'd clearly lost whatever it was that had made him successful as a Stoke manager. He'd had an exciting brand of football for a period of time with guys like Shakiri, Arnautovic, Bojan. And he just seemed to lose faith in that idea completely, tried to go to a more back-to-basic style of football, but he couldn't work out how to set a team up to defend properly. And the amount of times we just got slaughtered, 4-0, 5-1, 4-1, it was just showed that he didn't really have a clue. And it was just frustrating week after week being able to see the same problems happen every single time and the board seeming to not to want to do anything I mean Peter Coates at one point in the season even said uh, I think about October November time like what's all the fuss about and here we are now 19th looking odds on to go down well this is what the fuss was all about we're crap (laughs) yeah um, it's not it's not the wisest quote of all is it um if Mark Hughes keeps Southampton up at Stoke's expense, are we going to need the Samaritans number distributed around Stoke? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I just, it's, uh, it was kind of inevitable once he got the Southampton job that he'd probably keep us up, uh, keep them up at, uh, at our expense because it's just like one of those typical things that only ever happens to the club you support. I mean, for all the jokes about him potentially taking two teams down in one season, it was they've they've got a real, real good chance now, given that Huddersfield have some really tough fixtures and they're playing Swansea as well. So that's a huge game for them. Mm. I'm just I'm just sick of it because <laughs> he, he's 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 inherited a squad that's a lot better than ours with five games to go. And he at the end of four years at Stoke has left Paul Lambert with an absolutely shocking squad. It's it's not right that he's had a, had the likes of Tadic and Redmond and, you know, good players at Southampton. They've got a lot better squad than they're given credit for, I think. And, yeah, I just really want him to go down. Yeah, so you obviously touched on Lambert there and he, the squad he's picked up. How do you feel he's done with the job? I mean, from the outside, looking in, it looks like one win since he's came in and... I, I know how I'd feel about that. Um, how, yeah. how, what's the what's the feeling around Stoke? Yeah, it's not as uh, vocally anti-Lambert as you might think, given given the one win in ten, which was in his first game in charge. I think there's been a degree of acceptance that he inherited a really, really poor squad with no mm. uh, firepower in it at all, and he has shored up the defence. I mean, there's no way under Mark Hughes that we'd have gone to Anfield as we did last week and, and got a nil-nil. But at the same time, if you can't score goals, you're not going to win any games. And he's had seemed to have little clue on that. His substitutions are a bit questionable at the best of times. And yeah, he's just, I think it's one of those things where you get into a losing mindset and mm-hmm. we didn't have that new manager bounce that, even West Brom have had under Darren Moore, you know. So it's he's had a real tough, tough job to come into. But even then, I'd say he's probably underwhelmed. And 
I wouldn't keep him around next season, no matter what league we're in. Yeah, um, but West Brom didn't have their new manager bounce the first time around with Pardew. I think it was even <laughs> worse. Um, I've I've had to laugh a little bit um, at a couple of the articles that have come out of Stoke um, this week. One, um, I saw one paper complaining about the referee selection for the game. Um, Martin Atkinson, yeah. you're, you're obviously not a big fan. Well, I think it's one of them local paper stories that's trying to drum up more controversy. I mean, I, I was surprised when Martin Atkinson was announced, just the level of, you know, oh, the bloody league's trying to stitch us up again by giving mm. us a, a crap referee. And I think there are probably examples of Martin Atkinson being crap, but I think his last big decision was sending Charlie Adam off against Everton, which was probably the correct decision. And yeah. I think it's just one of them things like we're trying to whip up a bit of maybe hostility before the game, try and make it seem like the world's against us. But yeah, like most refs are crap anyway. We've just got to get on with it. <laughs> yeah, that's how we felt when they gave us Clattenburg in the cup final. It was like, you have to be joking. Out of all the manager, all the referees you could have picked, he was the absolute worst one and was the guaranteed loss. And I just you're right. Wanted, uh, so, oh, sorry, I just wanted Mike Dean for the spectacle, really. that That's, yeah. the, that's the only ref I'm, I'm here to watch. Well, we had him last week in the 5-0 and... Um, of course, we're going to say he had an excellent game because he sent off one of our players and um, gave us a penalty. Both correct decisions, obviously, but I think Mike Dean's probably been the best of the bad bunch this season and it all culminates in no one going to the World Cup, right? With If we the English Premier League can't send the referee to the World Cup, that's pretty outrageous. Um, the other article that made me laugh was uh, Lambert saying to call for every foul from the crowd. Um, <laughs> is yeah. it... I mean, are you expecting a sellout? Do you think it's going to be one last push? You know, I assume it's your last home game of the season. Is it going to be? Yeah, it is. Is it going to Um, be everyone turns up and tries to help the cause? Yeah, I think most people will either see it as our last Premier League home game or our last chance to really make a difference to the 11 on the pitch. And I think it will probably sell out, if not come close to selling out. We will try and make it, as, as tough an atmosphere as we can right up until the point where we concede and the crowd will go quiet, the crowd, the crowd will turn maybe. But like in our first few seasons, the, the Britannia was a real, real fortress and the atmosphere at times was genuinely fantastic. And it and it and you saw like the likes of Arsenal come here and just, and just crap themselves really because they weren't used to playing in such a cauldron of atmosphere. Like as we got more established in the Premier League, that's died down. And to be honest, the only times where the crowd seems to get really agitated and make a lot of noise is when we have a crap referee. So maybe Martin Martin Atkinson will get the uh, the crowd on side with a soft decision or something. But uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where the manager has to say that in the build up to a big game. But um, um, I feel like. The this fan base has been let down by the team so often in the last two seasons that it's a bit kind of disingenuous to say, "Oh, we need you now." Well, we've been we've been with them for two seasons and they've still been crap. It's, we've yeah. tried our best, you know. Um, I'm going to have to stress you out one last time. I'm afraid um, we've been we've been linked with Shakiri. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you go down, um, what would we be picking up? I mean. My jet, jet, you guys said it on your podcast as well. He's he's one of those players that 
if he was doing it week in week out he wouldn't be at Stoke he would he would be a much bigger club with the quality that he has um but if we if we were to get Shakiri, what would we be looking at in a player well when Onatovic left us for West Ham I think a lot of people saw that as West Ham picking up someone who's good on their day but you know a bit inconsistent and Stoke fans were saying no he well, those who were being honest and not calling him a snake were saying, <laughs> "No, he's actually really, really good. You give him a chance, and and he'll he'll produce stuff. Kind of more often than not, he'll win you games on his own." And I think Onatovic won their Player of the Season uh, yeah. for this season. So, and it's a similar situation with Shakiri. He, if it wasn't for him, we'd have probably done a derby this season. He does get a lot of. Uh, kind of the older school football fan really kind of cross sometimes because if it doesn't go his way, he'll, he'll flap his arms and he'll he'll frustrate sometimes because whilst he every goal he scores seems to be a worldie, oh. but he'll he'll then not hit the first man from a corner and it's yeah. one of those it's one of those things where you've got to take the negative side of his game as part and parcel of the player because when he does produce stuff it's fantastic I imagine that he and no no offence to you guys I imagine he'll probably have his sights set a little higher than Crystal Palace maybe a, a club in Europe or something with European ambitions maybe but so, so, um, Burn, so Burnley then yeah maybe Burnley <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't think Sean Dyche would be his kind of manager, <laughs> to be honest, really. But yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a cracking little player, but he will wind you up. Um, so yeah, I I really hope he doesn't go to another English team, to be honest, because I yeah. think he's been one of the one of those players you go and watch football for when he's on his day. Yeah. Right. So moving to the weekend, um, what do you think the score is going to be? Um. Despite my kind of last 10 minutes of uh, negativity, I think we might actually win. Um, that's purely because we have to, and you're probably safe now. Uh, I'm not sure if you're mathematically safe or not, but essentially you're there, I think. Um, and we're at home. You might have taken your foot off the gas, and we might just sneak it 1-0. If not, we'll mm. lose 4 nil. So, Yeah, I think... Um... <laughs> It's been it's it's a tough one, and we're going to discuss it after we speak with you. Uh, finish speaking with you, it, whether we're on the beach or not, and it's a hard one to tell because we always have Oldham from 1993 hanging over us, where um, Oldham had to win their last three games, to, and they were the only team that could overtake us. And um, they beat Liverpool and Villa, who were first and second in the league, and and overtook us on the final day. And um, we went down when it was basically impossible. So impossible, in fact, our players had already done a lap of honour celebrating our survival oh, three games earlier. So that overhangs Palace all of the time to the extent that even after the weekend, there was a tweet that was like, here's all the permutations that can happen and Palace go down. So <laughs> um, I think we might be looking for one more win just just to make sure. Um, oh, good. That's probably a stuff then, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, but as I say, we're going to discuss it. I think there's a couple of, there might be a couple of players, though, that already feel like it is safe. I mean, it is. It would be a miracle for us to go down, really, especially with how much we helped our goal difference. On I'm the not league. sure that's how I define a miracle. <laughs> we're in 11th. <laughs> we are in 11th. Teams like Huddersfield have to like pick up four points to go above us. It's it's near on impossible, but... Um, it's a I don't know, for them. It's a disaster for us. <laughs> Well, anyway, look, I 
I, I hope you guys stay up. I like Stoke as an away day. It's nice and easy to get to from London. You've got some good pubs around there. It's it's always a good atmosphere and a good laugh there. So um, I wish you the best of luck. Um, and if you win one 0 on the weekend, then it helps you go up towards survival. I won't I won't bear too much of a grudge against the results. So um, best of luck and um, keep up the good work with the podcast. I listen quite often and I really enjoy it, mate. Oh, cheers, lads. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, all the best for the uh, well, not. Our Europa League push next season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Right, so yeah, we're talking there with David. Uh, thank you for joining again, David. Um, are we on the beach? This is um, it's the first press conference today that I've seen Roy Hodgson in a bit of a jokey mood. Um, when they were, uh, he was asked, "Will you be looking to finish tenth, like win your last two games, and hopefully finish tenth? And he was like, "Oh, good! It would smack of ingratitude if the board came to me and said, for the few extra pounds we'll get, that we want you to finish tenth with a big grin on his face." Um, he also took the piss out of Sky Sports for taking credit for the Palace win against Chelsea earlier in the season by saying, well, Sky Sports want to take credit for something else, do they? And I was having a good old time about it. So, um, Heskiff, it's a two-part question. Does the beach exist? And w- will we be on it on Saturday? Um, I hope not, is probably my answer to both. If it's anything like Brighton Beach, when there's no sand... <clears throat> <laughs> and it's just crap, rocks and rubble, then I don't want us to go to the beach. Um, I, I, gen, genuine answer, I, I don't think Roy will let the players sort of mess around. Um, they might do it subconsciously, maybe, but until we're mathematically safe, like as you mentioned a little bit a little bit earlier about Oldham. I just I want to be mathematically safe first. So I don't want our foot to take be taken off the pedal. And I think, you know, if we can carry on like we did against Leicester, then, you know, Stoke will find it very tough. And I and I hope that that's what Roy is drumming into them um over this last week. 
But Ben Teke had an interview today as well that went up on eagles.cpfc.co.uk. That is such a tongue twister. They could have made something better than that for sure. Um, He was talking as if we're safe already. Um, None of the language was there of been saying, oh, um, you know, when we're safe or anything like that. It was like, we are safe. Um, Does this worry you, Albert, or are we safe? Uh, Well, no, we're not, are we? By by the the, the very small fine print right at the bottom of the, you know, the paperwork. No, we're not. But it's going to be a right old disaster. An absolute disaster if we go down. So... You know, you have to play the margins and say, yeah, we are safe. But that's no excuse to take our foot off the gas on Saturday. You know, I know it sounds cliche, but you owe it. There's other teams fighting for their survival down there. And, you know, we owe it to them to, you know, do our best and not be seen just to roll over and, you know, give the points away. Um, it's on telly. I think I don't, I don't think any uh, I don't think any Premier League player is going to want to go on the TV and, and look like they're phoning it in, um, especially before, you know, there's players that are, People like Ben Teke, for example, you know, they're pushing to try and get in a World Cup squad. So it's not in their interest to to sort of stroll around the pitch. So I'd like to see a quite a committed display. OK, so Ben Teke obviously wants to get into the Belgian World Cup squad. He was left out of their last squad um, when they were playing Saudi Arabia, I think. Um, do you think Roy has any sentiment in him, Heskiff, and will say, I'm going to give you the last two games against lesser opposition? to give you the chance to score the goals that will take you to the World Cup? Or do you think Roy is a, he's a team man and, sorry, Chris, it is how it is? Yeah, I think the latter. Um, they, they talked about it on the review show uh, after Leicester where they were saying, you know, you could bring Benteke back in and, and we've mentioned it as well. You know, if you bring him in and he does get a goal, we can push on. <clears throat> but I think Roy, you know, is a, it's nice for him to be able to pick the same team that's done so well in the last few games and and got good results. And I think, you know, when we saw, you saw what happened when we played Brighton, when they said, you know, we didn't know how to handle Wilf and Andros. Stoke, I think their centre-halves are going to be Shawcross and Zuma. And they're both big, big guys who are used to sort of bundling forwards about. And I think maybe they'll find it easier in, in the sense that they know how to mark big target men. Whereas if they've got two nippy little wingers around it, it, it might cause them the problems that it's caused a lot of other teams. So I think Roy's probably going to stick with the team that started. But then obviously, you know, you can bring Benny on if hopefully if we're winning and get another goal to boost the confidence. Yeah. Uh, so Albert, are we sold on the false nines now? Because I think the three pods leading up to this previously, the preview pods was, we were all saying, get Benteke back in the team, get Zaha and Townsend out wide. Is it now, you know, the false nines is working. Why change it? Uh, no, not, I mean, there's an argument, but no, not for me. Cause it, it, it really didn't work against Watford in my opinion. Um, and I, I know we're saying that Roy's not one for sentiment, but I think, I think the fact that, that uh, by all accounts, the instructions, to, for Benteke to take the penalty on Saturday came from the bench, you know. I think that sort of that maybe contradicts that. I think maybe Roy will chuck him in and, and give him a go because again, that that system, as good as it is at home against various teams, I don't really rate it when you're away from home playing a big lumber, you know, big lumbering side like Stoke. So I'd like to see Benteke back in. I think he, you know, you saw how much that goal meant to him, and the, the, you know, the, the, all all of them players celebrating and the 
the crowd were loving it. So you know, let him let him have a chance. I'll say. Mm. Uh, Heskiff, Stoke quite simply have to win. A draw is not enough for them. Um, is this going to play into our hands? Yeah, so long as we don't concede in the first sort of ten minutes or so, I think I think it will because you know we've seen many times with with the wingers that we've got and the pace that we've got. You know, we're able to pick pick off teams who, who, who come at us. And I think, um, you know, if we were able to sort of do it against a team like Leicester, who are a counter-attacking team themselves, a team that's pushing on, and Stoke have to push on, they because even if it's sort of not Paul Lambert's usual fare, they've they've got to win. So they've they've got to come at us. And, and you know, we're quite capable of exploiting space very well. So... Yeah, I think so long as we sort of keep it fairly tight and not letting a stupid go early on and, and give the fans something to sort of latch onto, the home fans, then, yeah, I think we certainly have got as, as good a chance as any of, of uh, picking them off. Albert, do you worry that once the shackles are off, you know, Lambert's just going to say to him, go all out for the win. He's going to be having more players in advanced areas. Sometimes that can help teams to just produce a display out of nowhere. Does does that worry you this weekend? Uh, yeah, it worries. Me. It worries me in sort of the context of the game. Um, like you say, they they have to win, so they've got they've got to do something different. I can't. I mean, Paul Lambert's not the most dynamic manager, but like you say, they they, they need three points. A, a draw's not good enough. So you know, but does that does that equate to them going for it, sort of blood and thunder, or are they going to? Try and just keep it cagey and, and nick one on the you know from set pieces because they've got you say got some big big lads in their side so they're going to be looking just to you know work the set pieces and the corners and you know and try and get it on the heads of Shaw Cross and Zuma and the like mm. um, because if they again if, if we if we don't play Benteke and we play this false nine sort of counter attacking system if they come at us you know full tilt from the off I, I, you know we'll pick them off um, the, the form we're in. Um, just look at just look at um, Saturday's goals. You know we could we could quite easily get one. You know get an early goal if they're if they're going to come out all guns blazing. So I, I imagine first half will be a, a lot you know a lot cagier, and then it'll probably open up and you you know you'll see some goals either way. Yeah, why would they um, decide to attack us on set pieces? We're notoriously good at stop stopping those, especially <laughs> in the last minute. Especially, especially in the last. That's minute. what they're going to do. They're going to do nothing. They're going to do absolutely nothing for eighty-eight minutes, and mm. then they're going to they're going to go, they're going to go for it in the last two three minutes because that's what the st- statisticians have come back with. <laughs> well, they nearly did that against Liverpool. Shawcross just missed at yeah. the back post. Um, I didn't really want to um, stress poor David out anymore when I was chatting to him. Um, he, on our screen, you looked like a broken man. <laughs> Lots of hair pulling was going on. Um, he looks very stressed, uh, but. You know, we've only lost to Everton outside of the top six since November. Um, our bread and butter has been picking up results against teams that are in and around us under Roy, and we've done that very, very well. Um, of course, Martin Atkinson's the referee, and we've won the last three games that he's refed, uh, scored eight, conceded none, got a couple of penalties, had a couple of opposition players sent off. So, um, uh, all of the omens are going our way. So, bear that in mind, Heskiff. And then when we go away for a short break, after that, we'll come back with predictions. Homesdale Radio, preview podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans, for Palace fans. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Heskiff, all the omens have aligned again. 
it's 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 a bona fide Palace win, mate. We can't lose. Withdraw all your life savings and get it on a Palace win. But my life savings is a very small amount of money, mate, and I'm not <laughs> risking it. Um, I, I think uh, I think we're going to draw. You think we're going to draw? Yeah, which is quite positive for me, actually. Um, I th- I think yeah, I, I I agree with what what Albert said before. I think. It might be quite cagey to start with because I've watched a few Stoke games fairly recently, and they haven't really, they haven't really looked like a team that's going all out to get those important wins. Uh, but I reckon it'll be one all. I reckon it'll be one all. Um, yeah, Ben Long's with you there. He's said um, one all. Ben Teke. He's also said don't forget to look out for the human-sized cone in the away end. Um, that's reference to uh, a few weeks ago at a game, someone accidentally smashing someone in the face with a. Uh, a cone that you know, sort of like a traffic cone. <laughs> Huge lump came up on the side of his head. So the guy who um, did cause the injury is being forced to go to the game dressed as a traffic cone. So um, if you see him, you can say it's all hi. Alan Partridge, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit, it genuinely was um, an accident as well. Like a perfect scenario, like unfolded as he just rammed the cone towards the guy who had his back to him with just like the sort of like a, a joust, a, a joust. Yeah. But a joke not to hit him. And as soon as he'd done it, the guy had turned around to say something. It just smashed him in the face. Absolutely hilarious. Um, cranky MJ said, it's going to be nil, nil, an ugly match that will set football back 20 years. <laughs> That's, um, no. I think that nailed it. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Well, before we get into Budapest Eagle, Albert, what are you, what do you think the score is going to be? Uh, I think it's got draw written all over it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a win. I think we'll nick it three one. <laughs> we'll nick, nick it three one. We'll nick it with a comprehensive three one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Budapest Eagle has said three 0 Palace. Pressure will be too much for Stoke, Zaha, Andros, a penalty by who knows who, and Shawcross to see red. Um, I'm actually on the same page as Budapest Eagle. I. I think we're just going to run them over. Three um, nil was my prediction. Down by half time, is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, and why the fuck are you still here by seventy minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Billiam. Billiam said two two in my ear. Um, you think it's going to be a draw? As he furiously notes down and where to bleep out my swearing. <laughs> um, in terms of the whole radio parish, you've got Alex P and Mikey Tim are going for wins. Um, me, Mikey, and Tim are now all level on 22 points in the Prediction League with two games to go. So Some of us are just playing for fun, yeah? It's tight at the top. You're some doing all right, Albert. Some of us aren't playing at all. You are playing, mate. You've been, your scores have been going along, don't worry. Good. You're, you're not last, and that's the worrying thing because you only joined halfway through the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ed and Lucy have both gone for Stoke wins. So they obviously think that Stoke's going to manage to up their game. Right. Did I mention the poll? I didn't, did I? 49% have said that we're going to win or voted for super stoked. Rating out of 10, Albert. What, for that? Yeah. It's low. Look at the face. The face says it all. I mean, it's a bit, you know, Stoke is a bit frat boy, isn't it? It's a bit American. But, you Uh, know, we we are an international community. So, yeah. Um, eighteen percent have gone for a loss. Um, that was Palace. That Palace. That just Palace losing. Palace. That oh, I see. Sorry, Palace. I'll <laughs> oh, Palace. That uh, yeah. yeah, simple, effective. I'm thirty-three percent. Respect the point. 
Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> right, short break, and then we will be back. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, so Heskiff, Dave's moan's been replaced this week by the lovely Vanessa's moan, and that would be your wife. Um, why is she moaning? Uh, well, to start with, D- Dave is quite happy after winning 5-0, and also because he, he got to meet Albert Curley. So, yeah, I've got to, I, and I got to meet. Uh, I, I'm not going to call him miserable, Dave. I'm going to call him pragmatic, Dave. Pragmatic, Dave Perry, PDP. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't miserable. He was like, you know, we, like we've, we've just said, we aren't officially safe. You know, that's, I admire that. You well, know, he, just... he's called me and Terence out for bullying him. So you're going to be his favourite person now. Um, when we listen to this on the way up to Stoke. Um, so he, he's quite happy. Um, yeah, my, my wife, Vanessa, has this week's moan because I managed to persuade her to come to the under-23s game. <laughs> uh, I said, I'll pay. Don't worry about it. They buy one, get one free for five pounds. I'll pay. <laughs> Got It was freezing cold. Uh, it was really windy. The first half was rubbish. And all the players I told her to look out for were, were rubbish. Then she was like, as soon as half time, you're buying me wine. You're buying me a wine, right? I'll buy you a wine. And then we went back for the second half, equally bad. Then it went to extra time, which <laughs> neither of us, I don't think anyone realised it was extra time because there was a groan when it happened. <laughs> um, and then when when Forrest scored two minutes into extra time, she, she just looked at me unflinchingly angry and said, they couldn't have done that two minutes ago. <laughs> um, extra, extra time extra wine <laughs> oh my god i'm glad you've said that after the fact mate because that would be the end of me if that was a good one. <laughs> um so she she doesn't know i'm saying this i don't think so um next week's moan will be mine uh and i'll be moaning in pain from the clip around the ear probably did she get to see uh rakip and yak play though the rakip didn't play Oh, and she did. got to see Yak, and he was... I think Yak is Polish rhyming slang for crap. <laughs> yeah, he's, Yakety um... Yak, send him back. <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ, it's not Mar- it's not March 2019 yet, pal. Like <laughs> that wasn't meant. To, that wasn't a break, that wasn't a Brexit gag. <laughs> um, you're going to be moaning next week, Heskiff, after spending the week sleeping on the sofa about your um, the crick in your back if you're not careful. Your bad, your bad yak. <laughs> Is she going to be in the car on the way up to Stoke? Yeah. Hi, Vanessa. Sorry that you married Sam and that he subjected you to that. Um, There'll be someone else moaning if we're not careful. Is that there's someone we're supposed to give a shout out to, right? Yeah, this this feels like a, a just a personal crusade <laughs> this week. Um, I have to give a shout out to my mum who listens every week and who told me when I said, you know, sorry that you have to listen to my nasal whiny voice. Instead of telling her only son, your voice is beautiful, you're an angel. She said, you've always had it. Shut up. So <laughs> I've got. I'm giving a shout out to my mum. Um, but I don't know if she deserves it. Um, well, mum, you do. Mum, if you are listening, you do, you do, you do deserve it. Sam, go. I've got to say, you've you've called out your wife on the show, and you've given your mum a shout out. You really need to learn what side your <laughs> bread's buttered on, mate. <laughs> wow. Um, wrong. Uh, well, anyway, so a big shout out to um, Mrs. Sam. 
ooh la la and all that <laughs> um <laughs> we're gonna go for now, now who sounds brexit <laughs> well she's french yeah, ooh la la all that nonsense ooh, ooh, all la, la, all that. baguettes and what what are those hats called berets mate Be- berets there you go heskiff said that with the tone of someone who was forced to wear one as a child it was a raspberry one <laughs> was it the kind of one you buy in a second-hand store is this going to carry on? Are we going to do well, obviously, obviously not, because you ruined it. You stopped. Yeah. Did you kind of like also dress a little bit like you look like a burglar? Sort of like the hamburglar from... Right, right. Uh, right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a great week. <laughs> uh, yeah, it has. We'll end it there. And then when we come back, we're going to do some outro admin. That was for you, Dave. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still laughing. Uh, right, Friday the 11th of May. Um, I'm just checking that that's the right day. I'm pretty sure it is. Yes, get your asses down to Lewis, the dripping pan, the best named stadium in the footballing world. Um for the Renf game, uh, annual game, raising money to money for charity, Brighton fans against Crystal Palace fans. Yours truly will be getting some minutes um, in between the sticks. Uh, Short sticks. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Um, as long as my ankles, it's not just even my knees anymore. It's my ankles that um, need to get me over the white line. But um, I think you can just sum that up as your legs. If it's knees and ankles, you could just say legs. Yeah legs there you go just everything from the hip downwards basically um we have a pretty strong team i think this year um i, co- I poached a player from the Ho- homesdale radio game that we had at sellers last season um saw a guy there banged in a sh- banged in a shot from 25 yards in off the underside of the crossbar so he got the call up um so i think we're pretty strong this year and we'll be looking to win the trophy back after brighton won it last year <sighs> Very close game, 2-1. Um, Had to let him win something, <clears throat> didn't we? Yeah. But it's always good. The standard's not bad at all. And um, it's always uh, tight games. They're always close. Um, no one runs away with it. So um, it should be a good spectacle. Um, and also, this Friday, um, so 4th of May, so if you're listening on your commute to work on Friday, this is 7pm uh, tonight. Uh, Palace under 15s against Charlton under 15s in the National Cup final. It's a 7 pm kickoff at the Valley. Um, it's home field advantage there in a cup final, which is a bit much. Uh, but free admission for season ticket holders. So um, if you've got nothing to do with your Friday nights, go down and support the kids. Who they will... do clown shoes in junior sizes. <laughs> yeah, apparently the home team will be having to wear them. I don't know. That's still one of the best clips ever on TV. Um, do you remember the championship review show when someone sent, oh, in, yeah. the, sent in the tweet and said, um, oh, I went to Chance. That was my first ever football match. And I really loved the show they put on for the kids with everyone being dressed as clowns. <laughs> Read out live on national TV. Bro. Lizzie, someone. Armstrong? No, she's a yeah. cyclist. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, also in your Homesdale Radio podcast box will be Love Sports. Uh, Ben Nagel, DR and Chris Hambling. Undoubtedly just talking about potato waffle sandwiches, I'd imagine, um, and a little bit of Palace. Uh, So get that in your ears. Uh, Very different to the two shows that we do do, as in this one and the um, review show. So 
if you fancy something a little bit different, tune into that. And then the review show this week is Hambo, Lucy, and Patrick O'Quana, which is a very old school lineup. Um, I don't mean old Lucy. I just meant old school as in <laughs> just digging a bigger hole here. Um, retro. Retro. There you go. That's that's more what I meant. Yeah. And um, and then it just says at the bottom of my show document here, um, you know, because basically everything I say is scripted. Uh, thanks, Billiam. Thank you. Thank you, Billiam, for producing. Um, you're a superstar and we love you. Um, and next week, we'll be back for the last show of the season where we will be previewing the trip of West Brom to Sellers Park, where hopefully we'll be winning and climbing up to the dizzy heights of 10th in the table. Who would have thought it, guys, after seven games in? I think I've got a nosebleed. <laughs> what a season it's been. Anyway, until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.